Girlers. This is episode 6, season 4 of Girl Alpha Podcast. My name is Tae Kim and Samuel Pianis and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, Tlaluk Lopez-Waterman joins us to talk about lighting as we prepare for the upcoming watch party of Giver of Light on February 18th. Let's dig in. I'd like to ask you some questions. Go right For joining us today. Let's get right to the chase. With the title being Giver of Light, it seems as yeah. though the production focused extra attention to the lighting design. With some of the most visually stunning effects throughout the piece, could you share your own experience of making this opera? Yeah, for me it was uh it was very important, you know, with Rumi and his and his in his work in terms of transcending, you know, into understanding. And so it was really important for me to work with the team and try to figure out how we can find that moment of transcendence and bring it bring it forward in the right moment. And um, and also, you know, say that in in the storytelling with lighting that is that is not just in our minds. <laughs> so we needed a way to make that be the case. And we talked a lot about it and. Um, you know the, the the scenic design was 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 stunning as well, and so we we, we were able to uh, I think achieve that with a, with a black light effect that brought out um, the the writings on the wall uh, that were written in black light black light tape or black light paint. Um, and but but moreover, I think at every moment and every every turn, just trying to re reacquaint myself with the the story in that regard like that's what it all should be about in terms of my thinking and how it comes across to the audience I guess I'm gonna go straight into the more of a personal question to the line of your work. How does your role complement or clash with the director per se? Well, um, I think with with me, the director, it's the collaboration with directors is one of my favorite parts. And I, um, and then with Gorilla Opera, it's so fantastic because we have this ensemble of people that include the. I say we, I haven't worked there in many years, but you know, we, uh, we have this ensemble of people who, who include the composer and the musicians. And so there's this collaboration that happens that's very um, scintillating, you know? And so, and so as we talk about things, uh, director will have an idea and then um, I'll say, oh, I, I see, yeah, that makes sense. And then I'll go and I'll come back with another idea or with a, per, with a parameter, with a limitation that we might have about how we can actually do something. And I'll say, well, I can't really do that, but what if I do this? And so um, I think it's be tremendously, tremendously 
rewarding to work with somebody that has a really strong, great vision ahead of time, and then to be able to to bring new ideas even to that and have that be a sum of um, you know a sum greater than the parts. So, um, starting with the heart of a dog, you've done multiple projects with Gorilla Opera. How do you approach pieces that were never produced before? Uh, do you see the score and say that part should have red overhang light and that one should have no light? So how do you um, design? It's difficult, and sometimes it's more difficult than others if there's no recording um, to listen to. Because I think sometimes you know I tend to listen to I tend to listen to things and then get a feeling and emotional valence out of that, and then. Um get and then that's kind of how it pull, pulls together however you know again with the ensemble mentality the oftentimes the director has 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 been mulling over the piece for a long time and the scenic designer and etc so then all those things combine into this emotional with heart of the dog i mean as it was a, as a great example of that you know we have this feeling of uh, the carn carnival barker that brings you through and you're not really sure where you are and there's diaphanous fabric everywhere. And so for me, I, I wanted the lighting to be um, uh, pretty mysterious. And so sometimes, you know, you could see a, a shaped piece of, of uh, fluorescent lighting through three or four pieces of diaphanous cloth. And so what is that and what are you, as an audience member walking through the space, what are you pulling back to see about that piece at that particular moment? And I think that the music kind of is along the lines of that and having, you know, the uh, Rudolph the composer there to talk with them about that as well. And, you know, that it was always um, a great metaphor for all of the, the guerrilla opera pieces because it's, it's like an onion, you know, and that, that piece was, was like an onion in, in its visuals as well, so. <laughs> challenges you faced in the giver of light um we had to figure out how to um get the timing right for the for the black light effect to bring right. to bring those things forward because those don't dim they just turn on and they have this big um those lights have these big uh lamps in them that that are, I think they're like an arc lamp and they, they ramp up and they have their own sort of time signature to them, they, you know, there's a certain amount of time. And so you have to find the right moment in the music for that to happen and then have it still feel right when the brightest point of that arc happens. So it's that not moment. necessarily on and off thing. It's more of gradual turning on in some ways. Yeah. Is that, oh my Yeah, God. it's a little, there's a little bit of gradualness to it. There's, it, it, at the very beginning, it's kind of an on it's an on and then it and then it starts to ramp up from there and so you have to figure out like uh, with the with the music and with without without giving away your trick at the wrong moment you also you know and and still have it make it look uh feel feel right I and then the chat yeah oh 
Good. Yeah. <laughs> Glad. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen, to be honest, I haven't seen that in video format um you should so, join us yeah. on the 18th yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> definitely gonna join you yeah because i i've seen it i've seen it in real life but i haven't seen it how how it looks on 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 film um and i think there's always uh some challenges when you have a lot of parameters like you know the 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 spaces that we work in have very low ceilings there's Cert, only certain amount of dimmers you know all of those things are are not problems they're just they're the tools you're given and so then you have to go from there and figure out how do those tools tell this story and very specifically this story and make this thing work and and the whole uh black light coming on in that particular ramping up situation i've i've used other lighting units before in other shows like a romeo and juliet that i did where there was a big giant, I used a big giant parking lot light on a stand on stage on stage right, and it turned on and it went through green and and then pink and then white and and this was all during the crypt scene, and it was only that light, wow. single light and one one spotlight and it and it just it was very powerful, yeah. but it's also a risk, right? Because if right. that light goes out, you're screwed, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So like, but <laughs> and it's not necessarily because I didn't have any other lights, but it's because that light had some, put some tension in, in a particular kind of tension in mm. particular with that angle of lighting. And it, and it really, um, I felt uh, added to the scene in a way. And so you're using the limitations of one kind of equipment in order to do a very specific thing. So, so cool. get into lighting design when i was in ninth grade i was sitting in uh, physical science class and the teacher said uh the speed of light is you know 10 times three whatever it is i can't remember right now <laughs> and i was immediately in daydreaming mode you know and i was like how do i like i, I couldn't even hear i was like the teacher went from talking to me and I'm, I'm thinking of having a box in my hands with mirrors pointing inwards that I that has light bouncing back and forth in it so I could hold it because it was like this amazing thing that moves super fast oh. and how could that possibly be and I just went into this sort of like art project in my head and then that day he said you need to figure out what to do for science fair and so I said I want to make this this wacky mirror box and he's like oh, okay so he didn't say you're crazy he just said the problem is that light moves so fast that the best mirrors in the world are 98% perfect. And that 2% of absorption will mean that your, your light will be gone before you turn it off. It's like so fast. And so my mind went, you know, I had one of these teenager mind blow up moments. And then I, um, I asked, well, how did they ever measure the speed of light? And he said, I don't know. I think that's what you should do. So that's what I did for my science fair project. I measured the speed of <laughs> tried to measure the speed of light with like this whole laser setup and everything. And um, and uh, the stopwatch, right? I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, I was running. I was running alongside it. See, I was real fast in high school. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
so I, I, um, I did that and I just was, I was sort of hooked. And then just as that started to happen, the, the, te the technical theater class opened up and I ended up taking that class and I was the only one who gave, uh, give any kind of care towards lighting. And I just, I was kind of hooked from life, oh, that is so changed cool. schools and oh. ended up connecting with some college students in the local in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, who were technical theater students. And so I would go every Thursday and work with the, the, the local college theater. Wow. And I would always tell them, it's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. And then, uh, <laughs> next thing you know, I'm going to, I'm going to undergrad, I'm going to grad school at NYU, like all these different things. And I ended up Doing That's beautiful, man. That's awesome. That is so awesome. <laughs> well, like I remember, you know, the lighting is definitely important, but uh, you know, so like some of my friends will say, you know, floor lamps are so much more inviting than ceiling lights. Do you agree? Do you have like advice for your friends? <laughs> it's, as to, it's, <laughs> like lighting it's so funny that you say that because uh, I, um, I, uh, I just got done teaching this course. I'm teaching a lighting design class at ODU and, and we went through, we did this exercise and I gave them all a different direction of light. We went from okay. person to person. So I says, you know, your direction of light is a candle on a table and there's a person above it and the, and the light is hitting, hitting the face. And, wow. um, and uh, so then I, they had to talk about that and imagine, I didn't show them any pictures. I think they hated that part. <laughs> I didn't show them any pictures. They had to imagine it in their heads and then they had to um, uh, describe what the emotional valence of that particular oh, wow. angle of light is. So when your question, you said, you know, is overhead light worse or better? And, and the truth of the matter is it's, it's a bit worse because it, it, it can get a little harsh and it can be, it can put a lot of shadows where you don't want them and it can make you look a little, a little old. Like, uh, you know, so. I like this. <laughs> I'm taking notes now. <laughs> this is great. And, you know, the old, the old, the old movie divas, the old movie divas would, would travel with China. You know, those China lanterns, they call them China lanterns. I don't yeah, know what yeah, they yeah. call their paper balls, right? Right. They would travel with them and they would have to have those near the cameras so that the light would be super, super soft and so that they're that they would they would take away any wrinkles on their faces. No way. Uh, they look younger. Yeah. So so it's a, it's cool. a definite thing. That's so cool. <laughs> I never knew. Oh and, man. And so the angle of lighting is 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 the key. And you know, it's it's just a matter of where where it comes from and what you're trying to say at any given moment. Right. So and I really appreciate the fact that it's not just the lighting uh, that's affecting you. It's just the emotional content behind that lighting, you know, that yeah. actually is very important. Um, do you have any future collaboration with the Girl Opera soon? I hope soon, actually. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. There's nothing on the books yet, but but oh. we, shall, we shall see. And I, um, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of, I've been doing a lot of internet um, theater and internet work. Um, mm. We did, I did a show uh, where I was the, the video director where there were 10, 10 actors in remote locations and we brought everything together and then live streamed it out. And, uh, you know, with green screens and putting, you know, putting them together and a third of the way through the show, uh, there was a lottery 
about what five of the different piece, uh, performers were going to play. So it was just a maddening amount of programming and trying to figure out what what to do and how everything kind of gets routed and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I, uh, I, I, I definitely, I'm definitely still doing lighting design, but I've also sort of uh, gained this other side of my life now with, with video because of, because of this pandemic and we all had to keep working. Right. So. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to add? Well, I just want to, I will say, I will say in parting that I think Guerrilla Opera is one of the, one of the most fantastic things um, because of their, of, of, of the motto, not the motto, but the, the, the sort of mission statement of, of having a group of people who are instrument, instrumentalists and singers, this, you know, of the same numbers and that, and that they're um, commissioning work and they're making new work in this, in, in this era. And I think it's, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, the right thing to do for our, our, our art. Great. Well, thank you for joining us, and I uh, hope to see you at the watch party. All right. Yeah, I'll yeah, see you there. And this concludes this episode of Girl Opera Podcast. Hope to see you at the watch party of Girl of Light on the 18th. And of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe and support us on Patreon. Thank you for tuning in. Till then. <laughs>